L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hello, everyone. It's Eves checking in here to let you know that you're going to be hearing two different events in history in this episode. They're both good, if I do say so myself. On with the show. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to This Day in History class, where we bring you a new tidbit from history every day. The day was April 6th, 1846. Dred and Harriet Scott, an enslaved husband and wife in St. Louis, Missouri, each filed a petition to get their freedom from slavery. At the time, pro-slavery and anti-slavery factions were at odds with each other, and the federal government was forced to draw a line through the nation that separated free areas and slave areas. Missouri was a slave state, but it did have laws that if an enslaved person went to a free state or became free, then that person was forever considered free. So there were paths to freedom for people who were enslaved, even though they were considered the property of their owners. A Missouri statute allowed a person who was wrongfully enslaved to sue for their freedom. Dredd and Harriet had spent a considerable amount of time in free territories, and on this basis, they argued that they were being held as slaves wrongfully. I recognize the irony as if a person could be rightfully enslaved. Either way, the Scots sued for their freedom, and though their suit was unsuccessful, Dred Scott's appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court became a landmark case and brought the nation closer to civil war. Dred Scott was born in Virginia around 1799. The history of Scott's ownership from the time of his birth is fuzzy, but it is clear that eventually, Peter Blow and Elizabeth Taylor Blow were Dred's owners. By 1830, 
the Blow family and their six slaves had moved from Virginia to Alabama to St. Louis in Missouri when they ran a boarding house called the Jefferson Hotel. Dredd went with the family to St. Louis, but soon after they moved, Elizabeth and Peter Blow died. Again, the details are unclear, but Dredd was sold to Dr. John Emerson, an assistant surgeon in the U.S. Army. As Emerson traveled to various military posts, he took Dredd with him, even if he was entering free territory. And that he did. He went into Illinois and Wisconsin territory. By the terms of the Northwest Ordinance of 1787, slavery was illegal in areas between the Mississippi and Ohio River and the Great Lakes, except as punishment for crimes. Illinois' state constitution also largely prohibited slavery. In the 1820 Missouri Compromise, outlawed slavery north of 36 degrees and 30 minutes north latitude, except within the boundaries of the state of Missouri. The judicial standard in Missouri was once free, always free, which meant that enslaved people taken to free areas remained free, even if they returned to Missouri. It was during his time with Emerson at Fort Snelling in Wisconsin Territory, or modern-day Minnesota, when he met Harriet Robinson. Dredd and Harriet married around 1836 or 37, and they eventually had two daughters, Eliza and Lizzie. When Emerson and his wife, Irene, moved a few different places, Dredd and Harriet were hired out to other people. And after Emerson's death, Dredd and Harriet were hired out to Samuel Russell, the owner of a wholesale grocery. There was a precedent for enslaved people suing for their freedom in Missouri, based on the aforementioned statute. But it wasn't until 1846 when Dredd and Harriet Scott decided to follow the path other enslaved people had and filed suits against Irene Emerson in the St. Louis Circuit Court. Dredd might have waited until this time to file a petition because he was unhappy with his family being hired out, because Irene was planning on selling his family, or because he had offered to buy his family's freedom and was turned down. But what's well-documented is that Dredd and Harriet filed a petition to sue for their freedom based on their residence in free territory on April 6th with the support of their minister, John Anderson, and the Blow family, which had become involved in abolition, even though they still owned slaves. John M. Crum accepted their petition, and Irene pleaded not guilty to charges of unlawful imprisonment and assault and battery. On June 30th, 1847, more than a year after the Scots filed their petitions, Irene Emerson won the case, which was dismissed on the technicality of Dredd being unable to prove Irene owned him. The judge, Alexander Hamilton, granted Dredd a new trial. And in the second trial, on January 12, 1850, the jury ruled that the Scots and their daughters were free. Of course, that didn't sit well with Irene Emerson, who in 1848 had put the Scots in the sheriff's custody. She appealed the case to the Missouri State Supreme Court, which reversed the lower court's decision in 1852. Dredd then sued Irene's brother, John F. A. Sanford, and lost the suit once again. The issue of slavery was already a controversial one at the time, but Dredd Scott's subsequent appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court pretty much set off a time bomb in the Supreme Court case Dred Scott v. Stanford, which began on February 11, 1856, the court ruled that free African Americans are not citizens and therefore cannot sue in federal court. 
It also found that enslaved people had no rights, and as Scott was a slave, had no right to suits in federal court. In addition to these major decisions, the court said that the Missouri Compromise was unconstitutional and Congress could not stop slavery from spreading into Western territories. The Scots were eventually sold to the Blow family and freed. But many of the debates leading up to the Civil War regarding the maintenance and spread of slavery centered around the Dred Scott decision. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. And if you'd like to learn more about Dredd, Harriet, and their family, and the Supreme Court cases, listen to the two-part episode of Stuff You Missed in History Class called Dredd Scott vs. Sanford. If you have any burning questions or comments to tell us, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at T-D-I-H-C Podcast. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you come back tomorrow for more delicious morsels of history. LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A., I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, 
start having sex and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, y'all. I'm Eves, and welcome to This Day in History class a show that believes no day in history is a slow day. The day was April 6, 1917. Artist and writer Leonora Carrington was born in England. Carrington's work incorporated images of domesticity, the occult, fantastical creatures, and autobiographical references. Carrington was born into an upper-class Irish Catholic family. Her parents were Maury Moorhead Carrington and Harold Carrington. Leonora grew up on their estate in Lancashire, England, where she was surrounded by animals. She also grew up listening to fairy tales and Celtic folklore. But she didn't completely subscribe to the lifestyle that came with being part of the upper class. She was rebellious, and she was expelled from convent schools for her behavior. Her parents wanted her to be a debutante, but she was drawn to art. They sent her to study art for a short time in Florence, Italy, where she was inspired by the sculpture, architecture, and paintings. Though her parents still weren't fans of her artistic inclinations, she was allowed to continue studying art when she returned to England. She went to the Chelsea School of Arts in London, and in 1936, she enrolled at an academy founded by the French cubist painter Amadie Ozanfant. While at the Academy, Leonora found inspiration in a travel memoir written by Alexandra David Nell, as well as the book Surrealism by Herbert Reed. Leonora attended the International Exhibition of Surrealism in London, where she found herself drawn to surrealist aesthetics. In 1937, she met Max Ernst, a German artist who was an important figure in the Dada art movement and surrealism. The two of them fell in love. And after Ernst and his wife divorced, he and Leonora settled in southern France. Leonora became immersed in her own surrealist art and began exhibiting internationally. During this period, she created paintings such as The Meal of Lord Candlestick and Portrait of Max Ernst. And she published her first short story, The House of Fear, with artwork and an introduction by Ernst. In her early works, she satirized the upper class and rejected parts of her own upbringing. But the onset of World War II disrupted her and Ernst's relationship. He was arrested several times and eventually fled to the United States. 
Leonora left France and went to Spain. There, Carrington had a nervous breakdown and was put into a mental institution. She was subjected to shock treatment, and she later wrote about her challenges with her mental health in the book down below. Once she was released from the institution, she went to the U.S. and married Mexican diplomat Renato Ledoux. Their marriage was short-lived, and by 1942, she had moved to Mexico. There, she married Hungarian photographer Chicky Weiss, with whom she had two children. Her time in Mexico marked a new phase in her artwork. She explored spiritualism, Tibetan Buddhism, the Kabbalah, and Celtic myths. She became close with other surrealists in Mexico, including Remedios Vado and Benjamin Perret. And her artwork continued to reflect her interest in mysticism, symbolism, and otherworldly creatures. She stayed in Mexico City for the rest of her life, though she continued to exhibit internationally and visited the U.S. Carrington died in 2011 due to complications from pneumonia. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can keep up with us on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at T-D-I-H-C podcast. You can also send us an email at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks again for listening to the podcast, and we'll see you again tomorrow. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday.